Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius again. We are going through the epistle of Peter, first Peter. We are now in chapter 5. And I pray that the Lord will give you understanding as you take your Bible, open to first Peter chapter 5, and read along. And as we read, I will pause and give some exhortation or refer to some other Bible verses to make it clear. First Peter chapter 5, here is for verse 1. Now, Apostle Peter here is going to be addressing the elders in the body of Christ. His letter now directed to the elders and all of us that are leaders in the body of Christ. Verse 1. The elders which are among you are exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. So he's talking to the elders and now remember, I'm not exhorting you, I'm also an elder. And I'm a witness of the sufferings of Christ. And I'm a partaker of the glory that we are talking that is coming. So that's how he's saying. Listen to what I have to say. Feed the flock of God which is among you. Verse 2. That's our charge. God has put us as teachers. Keep teaching. When you teach, you are feeding the believers that are listening, that are hearing. It's a food. Our the word of God we are preaching to you are teaching today. Because we are going through the Bible, this is the food for your soul and for your spirit. If somebody is not eating regular with a good nourishment, you will not be strong and healthy. The same way, if you are not nourishing your spirit with healthy food of the Word of God, your spirit will not grow. So this teaching is very important for you to grow by. And that's what he is, he is trying to make us with elders and teachers that God has put in the body that feed the flock of God, which is among you. Taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly. Not for fitting looker, but of a ready mind. That is, do it readily. So we are doing it not for gain of money that they can contribute money for us. No. But do it because we are serving the Lord. We are serving the Lord by preaching the gospel to By teaching this word, in the, whether in the church or in the radio or whatever way we are presenting. It is to build the body of Christ. It is to feed the spirit of the believers. And that's why they feed the flock of God. We are feeding you. If you learn, if you hear this thing, know that you grow better. You may not see. So like you fool. When you eat, somebody was saying, when I ate something yesterday, no, that's, I feel get better. It's not that of yesterday that just make you feel better. It's just added to what has already been you. But if you keep feeding on that, you get better and better. That's true. The same way, the word of God, you may get this one today. Don't say that's all. You get another tomorrow. You are to get better and better as you feed daily and daily. One time shot is not good enough. You got to eat daily. You say, well, I ate rice. Yesterday, I don't need to eat rice anymore. No, you have to keep eating. As often as you eat it, you get better and better. You get better and better. The same way with the Word of God. You have to feed daily on the Word. Now, he said, not with, not we that are teaching, we that are elders. He said, do it willingly. Not with uh, desire for, for recognition, not for desire for filthy lucre, gain, money, money gain as filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither has been lords over God's heritage. Don't try to lord yourself over them, but being examples of the flock. That's what the God's Bible says, we are all brethren. No one should lord it over the other brother or the other member of the congregation. We are brethren. Or well, you are the pastor, yeah, that's something you will be the dictator. Or you are the board of director, you don't dictate, you are brethren. So not lording over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. 
And when the chief shepherd, I'm reading First Peter chapter five, I mean verse four. And when the chief shepherd, as I Lord Jesus Christ, the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that faded not away. We are all serving the Lord, and the chief shepherd will appear very soon. And we are like the Lord Jesus gave a parable of a man, a householder that went on a far journey, and then he gave talents, more like responsibility, to his servants. And some one he gave ten pounds or five pounds, one he gave two pounds to another one he gave one pound or talent. It's occupied till I come. And the one that has five talents went and traded with it and make more five talents more profit. The one that make have two talents went and traded with it and make two talents more. And the one that has one talent went and eat it. So God gave us that different different measure that He gave. He said he gave them according as their several abilities are also. So you that have one talent, you are the one that should be careful. Because God has already seen your several abilities that you are not going to be able to produce much. That's why he gave that fellow one talent. He said according to their several ability. People never realize that. It's not given to them because uh, he's just partial. No. He saw that this one can make more something. He gave himself five talents. The Lord gave me opportunity to be able to be on radio because he knew that I would be able to produce more. That's why he gave me the opportunity, he gave me enough money to even put on the radio and gave me the enough wisdom to be able to teach what I'm teaching so that I'm producing more. But see, if you have only given one talent, you better use that one talent faithfully. Otherwise, the Bible says when the householder came and he was reckoning with them, the man that make two talents more, he reward you, he still rewarded him. The man that had five talents, made five talents more, God rewarded him also. He said, well done, good servant. God was well pleased. The one that has two talents, he said, well, you don't well too because he couldn't make more than two times two. Not so. But this one that has one talent was the one that God rebuked, took it away from him, give it to the man that has ten. Why? Because he didn't use it at all. That's the one, you that have just one talent, be careful. Don't go and hide your talent. Do something with what you have. That's what I'm saying. Do something with what you have. And very important that you remember that. So that's why he said, Apostle Peter, I digress to that story of our Lord Jesus Christ because it's in line with what Apostle Peter is saying here, that we are serving the Lord. Don't be Lord of whatever you are doing. The chief shepherd will come and reward everybody. That's what he's saying in verse 4. He shall receive a crown of glory that faded not even. See, when the chief shepherd will come. When the Lord shall come, he's going to reward everyone he give you five, you make five more, you get grace, praise for him. He give you two, you make two more, you get praise for him. He gave you just one because he saw that you are not going to do anything much. And then you didn't do anything at all. He's going to punish you for that, rebuke you for that. That is really why I'm telling to you guys that are listening. They say, well, I'm not an evangelist. It doesn't matter what have your hand. I can only send one dollar. Send that one dollar to help. God will bless you for that. Where I don't, I just, if you bury your talent, if all you can do is just tell your neighbor about Christ, then you are doing something. If all you can do is to tell your friend in the school about Jesus Christ that he is able to save, you are doing something. Whatever you are doing, the little you are doing, God is going to reward you. But if you hide it, then he's going to be rebuking you for hiding your talent. Now, first Peter chapter 5, let's go to verse 5. Likewise, ye younger, he has talked to the elders now as teachers, that they are to feed the flock of God and to feed the flock of God willingly without looking for gain on earth, of a ready mind, not being lord over God's heritage, 
But uh, be an example to the flock, because the chief shepherd will come and reward everyone according to your work. Shall be. Now he's going to talk to the younger people that are not elders, that are not the leaders in the church, in verse 5. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Now he's talking about in the body of Christ. Don't try to be rebellious. Don't try to be rebellious because rebellion, what people say, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Rebellion is used when people that should be submissive to the authority refuse to submit. It comes even in the household of husband and wife. The wife is expected to submit to the husband. When you rebel against that, it's called rebellion. And the apostle, in the book of uh, First Samuel, uh, Samuel, the prophet said, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Because rebellion means you want to rule, it has controlling spirit. You would rather rule this man than the man you are expected to submit to. So that is witchcraft, they call it. And that's why Apostle Peter also is saying here, you younger, submit yourself unto the elder and don't be rebellious. And you all elder, don't lord it over the flock because you are talking about God's heritage. You are not to lord it over them. Lord over means you are dictatorial when you are actually brethren. So that's why to the elder there's an exhortation. To the younger there's also exhortation. Don't be rebellious. Submit. Ye all of you be subject one to another. Now that's now on the lateral level. All of us be subject one to another. Be clothed with humility. I cannot overemphasize that word humility because that is what we rapture us. To make, make us perfect, we must be humble. Say be clothed with humility because God resisted the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Verse 6 says, Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. We are to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. That is, humble yourself and even when you are dealing with one another, but submit to the elder is humbling yourself. Wife, submit to your husband is humbling yourself. Husband, love your wife is humbling yourself before God. Because sometimes the wife may do something that makes you really be angry and mad. But you love her still because you fear God, you love God. You want to submit to God's word. Submitting to God means submitting to God's word. God said, love your wife. Oh no, you are going to the divorce court and you are no more going to love this woman. That means you are not submitting to God's word. So loving your wife as God commanded is submitting to God's word and it's fear of God. And then you will keep loving her. And you wife, submit to your husband in subjection, obeying your husband is submitting to God's word. See? And then you are not rebellious. That will be called witchcraft if he's rebellious. So that's what Apostle say. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Remember God said of himself, I am the high and lofty God that inhabited eternity. And I dwell with the lowly and the contrite hearts. So God dwell with the lowly and contrite, the humble souls. So when we are humble, God will dwell with us. Even though he's high and lofty, but he come and dwell with the lowly and the contrite heart. And that is why only people that are humble will be having God dwelling with them. And you want to go with God, with the Lord in the rapture, you better be humble. Humility is one of the cloak that we qualify for going away with Him, riding on that chariot of fire. Verse 7 of 1 Peter chapter 5. Say, going further to exhorting everybody now, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Now, that's to everybody. Cast your care upon the Lord. Don't, he said, be anxious for nothing is what Apostle Paul says in another Bible. That is, anxious is anxiety. How oh, what am I going to eat? 
don't do all this fretting that make you to be afraid. I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose my job if I don't get the job. Cast your care upon him. He cares for you. Just tell the Lord that. He said, make your request known unto the Lord. Then rest upon him, doing his will, and trusting him that he's working it out as you pray. And you also have to do your own part. If you have to seek for a job, seek for a job. But trust in the Lord. Don't panic. That's what the anxiety thing is the panicking. Anxiety is out of the mind, an emotion that makes you not even be able to pray anymore, right? You are afraid. But say, cast your care upon the Lord and rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him, and God is working it out. Verse 8 of first page chapter 5. Be sober, be vigilant. That's now for everybody to be vigilant. Vigilant of what? Because your adversary, the devil, is the adversary, not human beings. Spirits, satanic spirits, Satan himself is the enemy that we need to be vigilant about. It's what I say as a roaring lion, it's just as say not a roar, not a lion, it's just behaving like a roaring lion. Walk it about seeking whom he may devour. Now that means he cannot devour everybody. That's why he's looking for can I devour this one? No. What about this one? No. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. We are to resist this devil steadfast. I mean, you don't think I resisted him yesterday and he's back today, you give up. No. You resist him again today. He came back, you resist him again. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give in. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. Say, so know that the same afflictions are occurring in your brain that are in the world. He's doing it to the whole world. And it's going to be doing it to the devil, to the believers also. But we believers have power to resist him because we have the Holy Spirit in us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The devil in the world that is going about looking for whom he may devour. When we resist him, he says, I can't devour this one, he move to the next person. So very important that you remember that. that He's doing the same affliction to the to the whole world, to the whole, all the unbelievers also are suffering power the same thing. But we have authority and we have power to resist him. Verse 10. But the great the God of all grace, who has called us unto the unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, set to you. That is how Apostle Peter was. Sign, you know, like his signature. See, after we have suffered a while, he, said, he didn't say there will be no suffering. See, but the God of all grace will make us perfect. After we have suffered a while, he will allow us suffering to prove us, to make us perfect, to make us better. Then he will make us perfect and establish us and strengthen us and settle us. Verse 11. Say, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. To God be glory and dominion forever and ever. Now, that is the Basically, the end of that first Peter and uh, the, the writer of this epistle is going to put his own signature. That's what you see in verse 12. Silvanus is the one that, uh, that was writing this letter dictated to him by Apostle Peter. So he was writing in verse 12. By Silvanus, a faithful brother unto you, as I suppose I have written briefly, Exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God where you stand. So he was getting this epistle that Apostle Peter Paul dictated to him and he wrote it down and it's now summarized as I'm, I'm the one I wrote this Silvanus. He said this is this is the true grace of God where you stand. This is the free gift that God has given to us. 
Hold it firm. It's just seconding what Peter said there. See, this is the true grace of God wherein ye stand. Now, verse 13 said, The church that is at Babylon, elected together with you, saluted you. And so thus Marcus, my son. Now, Apostle Peter said, The church in Babylon. Now, that Babylon could be the city of Babylon in those days. Maybe that was where it was. But the word Babylon could be just symbolizing because many of them in that generation when they were writing this, they have perhaps had the revelation that Babylon the Great was Roman Empire in those generations. That's what they all believe was Rome. Because when they saw in the in the when you look at the book of Revelation, Apostle Peter, Apostle Paul, Apostle John that wrote the book of Revelation, he mentioned mystery, Babylon the Great, mother of Allah, was sitting upon a, a beast that has seven heads, ten horns. And that seven Eastern horns was symbolizing the European continent and all the heads representing governments, or the horns representing nations, governments. And they were interpreting it in that generation. And then he said, This woman was the Babylon the Great. And he said, That woman was the city. Which Apostle John said, Babylon the Great was a mystery. But uh, it was interpreted in that book, Revelation, Re book of Revelation, chapter 17. Go and read chapter 17 of the book of Revelation. And the angel interpreted that Babylon, the woman that was called Babylon the Great, that that woman was representing a city that was ruling the world then. So it can only be Rome. Because Rome was ruling the world then. So if he was writing this from Rome, he could be as well saying, I'm writing from Babylon because this is how they have got all this revelation that this room is Babylon, symbolized as Babylon the Great. Not the Babylon of uh, Nebuchadnezzar that perhaps by that time had been destroyed as a city because the city of uh, Nebuchadnezzar was destroyed later, maybe by the wars and wars that took over after, after the Grecian Empire. So, so there, was, there could have been no other city called Babylon in the uh, in Middle East in that time. But Babylon the Great was symbolized in the book of Revelation that Rome was that Babylon the Great. That is, the spirit moved from the old city and moved to this new city. So that's what God is saying when God says Babylon the Great, mystery. He's talking of a spirit that left its former place, went someplace and then came to another section and set up the same type of idolatry. And that is what it's, why it's called mystery, Babylon the Great. But Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter, he was writing, we believe, from actually from Rome. So that's perhaps why he was saying the church that is at Babylon. Rather than the city, uh, old city of Babylon, the of Nebuchadnezzar, that perhaps was no more by that time. So he was referring to, to Rome as the Babylon, where he was writing this letter from, because we know that they were all preaching, they all went to Babylon, uh, to, to Rome by that time. And that was where actually Apostle Paul was killed. It was Babylon, it was Rome that where Apostle Peter was killed during the persecution that came. And that was what he was also referring to in the earlier verse. I say, Count it not strange, there's coming a persecution. In chapter 4, verse 12, that there will come in a persecution that if we stand for Christ, we partakers of Christ's suffering, we are going to reign with him. And then he stamped this letter and said, The church artist at Babylon elected together with you, saluted you. So he said, He's right to everybody else that are not in Rome. So Joseph Cappadocia. All the people, all the people, he's writing this letter to everybody, wherever they are. He called them strangers everywhere. 
But now he said he was in Babylon, the church that is at Babylon, elected together with you, saluted you. And so doth Marcus, my son. So we now know by that last chapter, chapter 5 of us, first Peter, verse 13, that Apostle Peter has a son that was old enough by that time to be going about with him. And he called him Marcus. That was Apostle Peter's son. Not a, not a, not just by 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 a special son. This must be his real natural son, because the way he called him, and so does my son, Marcus, my son. So I believe that he was now grown up, you know, by that time, maybe a teenager or so. He's also a believer, and he was following them. And he said, Marcus, my son, so is here. Greeting you. Verse 14 says, in chapter, this is last verse of First Peter chapter 5, verse 14 says, Greet ye one another with a kiss of charity, as love. Peace be with you all that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now that was the, the last end of First Peter chapter 5, the last verse. And what did we learn from these letters of Apostle Peter? I'll summarize it in Chapter 1, it talks about we must be holy. And in chapter 2, it said we must submit to the ordinances of men. Chapter 3, it talks about to wives to submit, to adorn themselves in like a, in, as not with a broided hair, but a quiet spirit. It talks to the husband to love their wives, dwell with the wives with knowledge, so that your prayers not be not hindered, as not deal with them as a, giving honor as a weaker vessel. So that our prayers be not hindered, like I said, prayers being hindered is not just for the husband alone. Even the wife's prayer treat your husband well with that honor, that Bible command, or your own prayers will be hindered. Believers to believers, treat one another with with courtesy and with humility and gentleness, so that our prayers be not hindered. And in verse chapter four, he mentioned he now gave some exhortations. Chapter five, he talked to the elders and and the and the rulers of the church, the teachers, to feed the flock of God. Which is what we are doing in teaching and preaching. Not with eye, not with not for gain, not for physical gain, physical looker, but with a ready mind. The master is coming, is the chief shepherd who's going to reward everyone according as your work shall be. And that's why I brought in the fact that when the Lord gave that parable, give a parable of servants that were given ten, five talents, two talents, one talent, they all were to occupy till they come. And when he came back to reckon with them, the one that has five talents went and make more. He said he gave them according to their several abilities. He already knew them before he gave them talents. So God knew you. That's why he gave you the ministry that he gave to you. If he may give you a ministry to be a pastor, God has knew that you can undo it. That's why he gave it to you. But then be faithful. And not for filthy look, and not for making yourself rich. He gave us the ministry of evangelism to go about preaching to the nations of teaching. He, because he saw that we can handle it, that's why he gave us those many talents. And then we are to be faithful. And not for filthy lookout to make ourselves rich. No. He gave this one talent because he knew that that's how much he could handle. And he didn't even handle it right. He didn't do anything. Then he was punished for that. He was rebuked for that. So whatever talent God has given to you as a listener, as a believer, you better use it. You say, well, I only have this little. The logical, you know, you remember the story when Jesus Christ was in the temple and the Bible said people were bringing their offering to the treachery in the temple. And the logical stood there and watched. And a widow woman brought just two 
mites. They call it the mite, like a penny, tiny little penny. Two of those pennies will make a little room. Two of, two of that mite will make a penny. That was all that the woman had left, but she had the heart to do something for God. That's what God matters. And she drew all her two pennies or two mites into the offering of God. And Jesus Christ called the disciples and said, Look at this woman. All these men are putting big money there out of their abundance. He said, This woman, of her penury, she put everything she had left there. God sees the heart that wants to do something. And whatever she has, she did. And then God said, She is blessed. She has put more. Jesus Christ said, That woman has put more than they all. Because they are putting out of their abundance. Maybe they are millionaires where they put $1,000 in the, in the offering. Where people will clap for them. Oh, $1,000. Wow. Basically, he has $1 million dollars. But that woman has only one penny left. And he told you one penny there. That's 100%. And people will say one penny. But Jesus Christ said he put more there because of the heart that wanted to give. Because she was doing it out of her penury. And Jesus Christ recognized that. And God was going to bless her on the, on the fold more. She was not going to like, God is not going to say, let her go hungry that day. God is going to make a way. So people just give him some money just to help him out. See, God is looking at your ability and your heart. And that is what he was talking about when he said, he gave one five talents. That's, he saw ability that he could do more, so he gave her five. And that man did well and made five more. And God praised that man. He gave this one too because he saw his ability. And that man did with his ability and gave two more. And God praised him. But he gave this one one because that was his ability and he didn't even do anything with that one. And God was not well pleased. That was what was saying. Whatever he has given to you and whatever ability you have, your talent, don't throw it away. Don't hide it and say, I don't have anything. Be like that widow woman that the little might she had, she had a heart to do something with it. And she gave to the Lord and God rewarded her for that. And that doesn't mean that God does not make her millionaire the second day. No. But God will reward her. She never lack. She won't go hungry because she threw away the little mind she had left. So but God is looking at your heart, not what you give. Are you ready to do something for God with whatever you have? And God is going to be looking at that. And that is what we are saying. When the sheep shepherd shall appear, he shall receive, everyone that serve him shall receive a crown of glory that faded not away and then apostle peter went further and exalted the younger people submitted to the elder and then he went further he said humility submit one to another and be clothed with humility i have said that before i can't overemphasize it cloak of humility cloak of humility is essential for anyone that's going to go away with god in the rapture because god says he is the high and lofty god that inhabited eternity but he dwells with the lowly and contrite hearts to revive the spirit of the lowly ones and the contract ones. So God is saying you better be clothed with humility if you want to ride with him in that trans in translation, rapture. Be clothed with humility and humility starts from submitting one to another. Humility starts from submitting to the word of God. I mentioned the fact that when you submit to the elder, like the younger ones submit to the elder and not be rebellious, then you are being humble before God because you are submitting because of the word of God says so. When your, you wives, when you submit to your husband, you probably say, be subject me, subject to your own husband, and don't want to control your husband, not be dictatorial, not be rebellious, then you are submitting to the word of God. You are submitting to the word of God. Before, because you submit to the word of God, you are submitting to God in humility. And you husband, the Bible says, love your wives and not be bitter against them. 
and treat them as giving them honors onto weaker vessel. When you are doing that, even though the wife make you mad or did something wrong or didn't do something, you said you but you are obeying the word of God by being loving to your wife and being in a, in a teaching her as a weaker vessel and honoring her. He said, Then you are actually doing that because you fear God, you are submitting to God, you are being humble before God. That's what God said. Obeying His word is being humble before God. Trembling about trembling at His word. When you tremble at His word, you are being humble before God. He said, Be clothed with humility. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. We all individually, you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God by obeying His word. Then he will exalt you in due time. And God bless you. This is the end of the exaltation of Apostle Peter in the first letter of Peter, chapter 5. God bless you.